my praise. You are worthy of my highest praise, Jesus. Lord, we worship you, Lord. We worship you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. What an awesome atmosphere of worship is in the sanctuary this morning. I tell you what, on that second song, if we'd gone a little bit longer, I think I could have just been lost in the presence of God for a while. Amen, amen. You can be seated for just a couple of moments. Sincerely mean that you can be seated for a couple of moments. Before we get into our scripture, we do want to recognize a very special couple to the sanctuary. And uh, you may not know what I'm talking about, although you may guess who. But it is our pastor, brother, and sister McBride. And they are celebrating, if I've got my math right, 43 years. 43 years. And so we want to recognize them from the sanctuary. And so I'm not going to make them both come up here. But I, I think it would be all right if we just gave them some appreciation as we present this to them. Amen. Amen. Thank you for that. I want to direct your attention to Acts chapter 3 and verse number 6. Thank you for again standing. I told you it wouldn't be long. I just feel like God's going to open up the windows of heaven for a few moments. And as I walk to this platform, this podium, there is presence already leaking down into on the platform anointing oil. That's why I said there's some anointing that's leaking. But I'm going to pray before we end this time together that there is something, there's a sweet move of God that begins to move. And regardless of your state of mind or how you entered into this place today, if you will submit, I believe that something is going to be open and he will begin to touch you and to begin to restore you. Amen. Amen. I have uh, Maddie always asked me, Ellie too, what I'm going to preach. They're more interested in the verses that I'm going to use to see if it's anything from Bible quizzing. And uh, I often have two or three messages going, and I usually wait till I pray here at the church on the morning of before I decide what direction. But God, or the storm, I don't know what, what woke me up, but I felt very strongly in this direction. So in Acts chapter 3, verse number 6, then Peter said, silver and gold, have I none? Pastor, that sounds familiar. I think you were there this morning. Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ. You can never underestimate the power that is loose when an anointed child of God says, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. But this one thing I know is that my God is able. So in the name of Jesus, I think sometimes we need to call out his name a little bit more. Just begin to speak it. I don't know what to do, but in the name of Jesus, God, I know all things are possible in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Can we pray right now? Lord, I pray uh, over the next few moments that there is something that is loosed uh, in the spiritual realm, God, that descends into the sanctuary. Uh, and for the next few moments as we submit ourselves to you, as I submit myself to you, God, uh, speak into my heart, into our hearts and our lives. Uh, let there be, Lord, a restoration and a change that happens in this place, we pray. In the name of Jesus, in Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. Hallelujah. There was something that has always captivated my mind about this scripture. 
And it is words that I have often longed to be able to say myself. What a spiritual superhero, if you will, to not only have the words, but you have, you have the, I just got stripped on. Not only do you have the words, but there is also something that happens because of the words. There is a, a great miracle that happens when he, he says those words, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth the rise up and walk. How cool would that be? Read those. You can't help but get a little excited. There was something in our spirit, I believe, that when we read words like that, there was a kindling of the anointing of the spirit that is inside of us that begins to begins to flicker, and it is waiting for the activation that, that we could loose through his name. And for the lame man, what a great trade. What do you mean by that? He was just looking for some loose change, something that would allow him to gather enough money to be able to get enough food for one more meal. And then it would be back to the side of the road and by the gate beautiful in this case and asking for another handout. But uh, it says that, that Peter and John didn't have any change, or at least that's what Peter says. But he did have something that was much more valuable. And from the abundance of what he had stored up inside of him, I believe that as he called on the name of Jesus, I just kind of envisioned that he reached down maybe and took his hand, but something was transferred and there was something that was loosed. He didn't have any silver and gold, but he had the spirit in the presence of God. I just feel like something, maybe somebody is saying, I've got to just have something in the presence of God. I'm tired tired of going through the motions. I'm tired of feeling what I've felt. I'm, I've got to have something more. I believe something is being loosed in this place today. But didn't have any silver and gold. No change did he have. But what he did have, he had the spirit in the presence of God. So being the only thing that he had that he could give unto this lame man, that's what he gave. And how powerful of a thing it was. Matthew chapter 14, verse number 19. And he commanded the multitude. This is where he fed the 5,000. He commands the multitude to sit down on the grass and took the five loaves and the two fishes. Familiar verse of scripture story. And looking up to the heavens, he blessed and he brake. And this is a point that I have often pulled out. This next phrase that I've often pulled out when we talk about giving. But I think for this uh, message today, it is just as relevant that after Jesus blessed it and he broke it, it says that he gave the loaves to his disciples. And the disciples then gave to the multitude. The disciples gave to the people uh, what? They gave, he gave to the people, they gave to the people exactly what Jesus had given to them. Hold with me for just a moment. In both of these scriptures, the one that I opened and here in feeding the 5,000, there was something that was requested. And because of possession of something, they were able to give. And so Peter and John being full of the Spirit, and when there was a request that was given, there was something that they had to give. And the miraculous happened. And when it was the disciples, and it was the 5,000, and Jesus had given them something. So when the people 
ask. They were able to then again pass on. And something miraculous happened. Because not only were the 5,000 fed with that meager meal. But there were the baskets that were taken up afterwards. The miraculous was done. If you're waiting for something very profound. I've come with a very simple principle. We cannot give what we do not possess. It is the case that it was being full of the Spirit. Peter was able to utter some words that in the name of Jesus and there was authority. But it was by the authority that he possessed with that Spirit. It was the disciples that handed out. The only reason that they had uh, food to give is because God, Jesus, God robed in flesh, uh, gave them to give to those that were there. They were able to give. You can only give what you possess. Knowing something to be true is not always of great value if you don't have it yourself. If I were to take these spiritual things that we are kind of alluding to and to bring it into the very obvious, into a physical uh, situation, if I had someone that had not eaten for two weeks and he approached me and said, I've got no way to feed myself, no money, and no one's given anything to me, and I'm about to starve to death. And I could reason in myself and come back with these words, you know what you need. I have been here before, maybe not two or three weeks without food, but there have been times that I have been hungry. And I have a revelation for you that if I go to McDonald's and I get me a Big Mac with no pickles and a large fry with some ketchup and a large Dr. Pepper, every time that I have left that meal, I have felt very full and very I would say content, but that's not always true, but definitely very full, sometimes uncomfortable. Use that information. Let it be a blessing to you. The knowledge of what a Big Mac with no pickles and fries and ketchup and Dr. Pepper is of no real value. And, and that seems kind of childish. But hear me. When it comes to things of God. When it comes to spiritual things. You cannot give what you do not possess. It doesn't matter if you know it to be true. If you have not been filled with that spirit. If you have not got those things operating inside of you. You can speak words but no joy will be loosed. You can speak words but there will be no healing that will be loosed. What are you saying? I believe that God wants to re-equip somebody right now. Who may have felt like you know what? have gotten to the end of my tank but I believe that God is wanting to pour out something to you you must have something you must possess it before you can give it when we bring this back into the spiritual it becomes ever more clear when we get into Acts chapter 19 and again a familiar story that we find some of the Jews, Acts 19, 13, I'll just read it. Then certain of the vagabond Jews, exorcists, so they were used to operating in kind of the dark arts, but they had seen some things that were quite powerful, so they took upon them to call over them that which had an evil spirit, the name of the Lord Jesus. They'd seen what it does, how powerful it is, saying, we adjure you by Jesus, whom Paul preacheth. It is not that they got the formula incorrect, 
It is not that they did not say, by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, come out. It is not that there was an incorrect formula. What was the problem is that they were lacking the possession of what they were trying to give. They had the knowledge of the authority of the name of Jesus. They understood the power that came with that spirit and with that presence. But unless you possess it, there is no authority there. What I am telling to a church is we must possess so that we can give. We must have so that we can give love the response in verse 15 they get a response the evil spirits answered and said Jesus I know and Paul I know but who are you <laughs> you see when we are so filled with his presence we are a child of God I believe that there is if you will a roster I believe that whether we realize it or not I don't really care that demons know my name but I believe that they do that is a child of God we better know who is a child of God we better know who is filled with the spirit we better know who we are messing with we better know who we are tangling with and so they began to look maybe that those that have the knowledge but do not possess what they are giving we must have before we can give. Jesus said it this way, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. And John begins to clarify that he spake of the spirit that those which believed on after him should receive. But it was not yet poured out because Jesus was not yet glorified. God makes it, or John makes it clear for the rest of us. But the spirit is meant by design to flow out after it flows in. It was never meant to be a stagnant pool of the Spirit. It was never meant that the Spirit would ever operate that way. In fact, if we go into the Old Testament and we find that, uh, that God uh, blesses the children of Israel and there every morning is this wonderful godly meal that is there for them that is called manna. But if they kept it until the next day, except on Sunday, if they kept it until the next day, it would be rotten. It would be filled with worms. It would be of no value. I believe there is some similarity there. And as Jesus is saying that what I am getting ready to pour out is not supposed to just stay in you, but it is by the very nature meant to flow out of you so that when you begin to come in contact with somebody and somebody has a situation, you can take authority and that spirit that is inside of you will be like a river of living water that will flow out of you. It was never meant to be the type of spirit that is held in a pool or in a tank somewhere, but it was meant to be the type that is such as I have, give I unto thee. And so it is meant by nature to flow out, but you must have before you can give. It is probably not the case that anyone who has not found themselves in times of prayer that will grab somebody by the hand at work and say, let me pray over you. Because you were not comfortable operating in that particular area. And it, you must have something before you can give it. Many of us, if not most of us, are in a constant state of giving. People that you know, just random people you know, or coworkers, or family, or strangers, 
Sometimes I think there's a certain look, and I have it. People in the Walmart checkout will give you their life story. Hey, does that happen to anybody else, or is that just me? There's a couple of us. Partly, I think maybe it's my face. I don't know. Maybe I, I, uh, but maybe, just maybe, it's the spirit. I, I hope that something in their spirit says, I don't know what I'm coming in contact with. I don't even know how to express it. I don't even know what I feel, but something is connecting me with this person that I just met two seconds ago as our carts bumped in the checkout and they began to tell me about what's happening in their life. Could it just be that by the very design of what God intended, that there is something that has flowed in and it is hungry to flow out to somebody that I've come in contact with. But hear me, we cannot give what we do not have and we by nature those that raise of hands and maybe those that didn't want to but we continue to pour out of ourselves to other people over and over and over and there is that continually outpouring that we give us we are bombarded maybe by the co-worker or by the family member or things going on in other people's lives but we can only truly pour out from the spirit that which we possess it should only be from the continual in feeling that there is a continual outflow and if we give beyond hear me right now if we give beyond what we possess the results are powerless the results are without joy the results are without spiritual wisdom and without spiritual knowledge we have no healing in our hands if it's not for Him. We have no prophetic word if it's not for Him. But if I continue to try to pour out of that which I have operated in in the past, when my spiritual tank is on empty, it will be powerless. We cannot pour out of our human flesh and expect that God somehow will honor that. We must have before we give. Whether we ourselves have just used all of the spirit. I, I'm, think, I'm speaking of this like there's not more to come, but bear with me for a moment in this figurative language. Whether we ourselves have tapped into that spirit to sustain us for quite some time, and now we are at the bottom of a spiritual reserve, or whether we have poured out and we have poured out and we have poured out into everyone else, and we have tried to meet every demand. If we get to that point that our spirit has run dry, we are in a dangerous situation because there will still be demands and there will still be needs and there will still be situations that demand a response. And we can give it a try, not realizing that anything has left us. Uh, almost like a Samson who is waking up and says that he didn't know that anything had changed from the moment he went to sleep. But, but somewhere between those two time periods, uh, something that a spirit was drained out of him. So he had not a single thing to give except his humanity. And his humanity was not enough. Worse yet, when we hit a spiritual emptiness, human emotions that have never affected us before began to plague our minds. And we began to be tormented. And it's simply a symptom of being spiritually dry. Anxiety began to have a foothold that you thought you had destroyed. 
And fear began to be a regular occurrence in the night. And the stress and the doubt and the bitterness and the anger and the unforgiveness and the greater focus on the things and the cares of this world. And the list could go on and on. Simply comes when we get to the bottom of a spiritual well and there is not something that is continually flowing in. But yet there are still demands of a family and there are still demands on the job. And we continue to try to pour it out and we try to pour it out and we try to pour it out. And really there's nothing left but who we are. And what I have is never enough for a God-sized problem. And so there was nothing flowing in, so nothing spiritually can flow out. And we are plagued by things that we've never been plagued with before. And when the world is desperately needing and longing for more Jesus, somehow we find ourselves tired of giving. We find ourselves exhausted. And more tragically, we really have nothing else left to give. Because you cannot give what you do not have. That is not what Jesus wants. He wants it to be rivers of living water. He wants to place things in our hands and in our spirit that when it flows out of us, the miraculous happens. But we cannot do it. We cannot arrive by operating at a spiritual emptiness. But it must be from the overflow that we begin to impart. And that people bump into us and it just sloshes out. Or it, the river that's flowing out seems to catch them. We must have those things flowing in so that they can flow out. To be completely honest, it's just hard to give Jesus when suddenly we become more entertained by the world. It's hard to give love when we are more full of fear. It is hard to give joy when we are simply overwhelmed. And it's hard to dance when the heart is still in mourning. And it's hard to shout with victory when we are so filled with doubt. But I believe that God spoke to me last night. In between some claps of thunder, that today, if somebody would allow, that there would be an exchange that would happen. You've been trying to give of yourself and the things that have plagued your mind and the dark places that it has taken you and you thought it was simply the situation you thought it was really just because of someone else did you wrong and because something else was going in your life I, I believe that God spoke to me and he said it's because you have hit rock bottom there was nothing flowing in and so there was nothing that can flow out and now the bitterness has taken root and now there is fear that is there and it's never been there before and there was anger at things and people that you've never had to deal with before and it is simply a symptom of something that is lacking because the world is needing you to give and you no longer have anything left to give but he spoke to me and it sounds almost as if you went back to Psalms chapter 30 where he said I will give your morning I will take your morning and give you dancing 
I've not given you a spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. I believe that as God begins to flow, if you will step into the spirit, as we all stand in this place, if you will step into the spirit, if I'm speaking to you, uh, there's something inside of this message is resonating with you. You recognize the symptoms. I've come to tell you there is not only a solution, but God has said, I will do an exchange at an altar. I will take if you let him. When he fills you again with that fresh spirit, there will be an exchange that will happen. And that anger that was consuming you will be washed away in forgiveness. And you say, God, just whatever you want. <laughs> Come on, before I give an altar call, just let the Spirit move in this place. I believe that God is beginning to prepare the atmosphere right now. Come on, church, just another moment or two. I want the atmosphere to be changed so that somebody can step into a place where there be any exchange that can happen. Oh, God. Oh, move in this place, God. Lord, let your word be true. Let us leave this place. God, that we came into this place trying. But I pray that somebody leaves this place where there was a tap that has been reestablished and there was a flow that is beginning to move again. Oh, that as we become in contact with people, there would be spiritual authority again, that there would be Answers again, that there would be direction again, that the miraculous would flow again. Yes, God. Yes, Jesus. This service was for you. I'm going to open this altar right now. I want you to come step into this altar area and allow God to exchange. Everything that you've been feeling for a fresh touch of his spirit. It's not his design for you to struggle with what you're struggling with. It's not his design for your mind to be tormented with what you're tormented with. And the enemy has pointed your finger at everybody around you. And what is really lacking is God says, I need to, to get more of myself inside of you. Come on. There's people responding. Anyone else? I'm getting ready to call a church that's going to combine with you. <laughs>